0: Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare. 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare. 303 292
1: 9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
2: T- in terms of tests, I know when I went to school and being an engineer, Everyone had the emphasis on the SATs, so how is that weighing right now? I've heard that it's kind of dropped a little bit. It's important, but it's not as important as when I went to college. Is that true?
0: It is true for, you know, one of the big reasons is the pandemic. So last spring, when most high school juniors take the SAT or ACT for the first time, most of them got canceled for a very long period of time now there are some regions of the country where the sat and act are a lot more available but what we're seeing is those colleges that adopted a test optional policy last year for the current high school seniors many of them have already extended that for the current junior class and sometimes even beyond that and so a lot of people are saying why are they extending it well part of it is that they want to be as accommodating as possible or do, as possible during the pandemic but the other part of it is they're seeing a very different applicant being test optional. Some colleges are experiencing double-digit percentage increases. In fact, Colgate University, great college in northern or upstate New York, received um, an applicant pool that was over 100% higher this year than it was last year. And a lot has to do with being adopting a test optional policy, at least for last year. So these, some of these colleges are seeing huge application increases, which is what they want. They're seeing a much more diverse applicant pool, more students of color, more first-generation American students, more rural students applying to those colleges. And so these colleges are going, hey, this test-optional policy isn't so bad. And so we'll have to wait and see, but probably these colleges need to have at least another year or two of data to see what effect that test-optional policy had on their applicant pool, their enrolled student body, and their data points.
2: Well, hey, everybody, and welcome once again to the J. Moore Tech Talk Show. It is always great to have our new subscribers. And, of course, we welcome our old subscribers as as well. Marcus, it is great to see you again on this fine Friday. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm I'm doing very good, John. It's very good to be with you once again on a good Friday.
2: Yes, uh, we are at the point now where... uh, The mask law has been uh, rescinded, uh, at least I know in New Mm -hmm. Jersey and I think many other places and starting to, um, you know, get people that feel like we're back on top. But I think we got to take it a little bit easy. I think we're moving quick and that's fine. But I think we still got to be a little careful because they're saying that, you know, they're going to do this uh, premise, but they're entrusting people that aren't vaccinated to still wear their masks. So yeah. I think this is going to be a very honor system and we're going to have to wait and see Marcus what's going to happen this weekend is it going to be a great weekend or is it going to be a number climbing weekend
1: Excellent point there John so it would be very interesting to find out
2: So my my advice to everyone here is that if you have gotten vaccinated okay uh, definitely um, you know, feel free to remove your mask if your state uh, allows that. And now the law has changed in our state to three feet instead of six feet. So uh, they're trying. But again, let's still be smart, okay? You know, we don't want to be back where we were two years ago. It's well, right. research uh, has uh, come up with some very interesting things lately. Yeah. Imagine this, Marcus. We talk about robots all the time. But yeah. how about one that could actually smile back at you?
1: Hmm. Wow. That, that's some pretty, you know, high-tech stuff there. So that, that's really
2: uh, what I think many people kind of are afraid of, I think. <laughs> you well, know, this is the interesting thing. And uh, this actually comes to us from the researchers uh, in the Creative Machines Lab at Columbia Engineering. Yeah. They've been working on this project called EVA for five years, Yeah. okay? It's an autonomous robot with a very soft and amazingly expressive uh, facial uh, uh, deployments uh, for different types of emotions. And the thing you're probably asking yourself is, so how does a robot, okay, know how to smile or know how to make these different gestures? And it's really interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering that.
2: I I, I figured you were going to ask that question. (laughs) So what they do is they have the robot basically watch themselves on Zoom. Hmm. And all the different uh, emotions. And it causes an association very similar to our brains and the neural networks. And it causes the physiology like it would in our body. It causes the circuits in the robot to learn what. Uh, Things they need to do when they smile, when they're uh, sad, when they're angry, when they're curious. So they're starting to program all these emotions into the robot. So the robot is going to be able to really appear like he or she is actually um, interacting Now, the challenging part of this whole project was they had to come up with a mechanism and a system that was so small it would fit inside the human skull, Mm. but still being functional to be able to produce a lot of these different expressions, as uh, Farja noted. And uh, it's very interesting that they spent countless hours Taking the different emotions and uploading them, and then having the robot with the sensors in their eyes watch the different videos and then respond.
1: I'm just wondering, you know, uh, being that like we we humanize starting to humanize uh, robots now, and um, a lot of these are going to be. I guess, in, in a sense, uh, colleagues of uh, many people who are working. Um, is one of the things we should be most concerned about or, or what should we most be, be most excited about, John.
2: Well, we're going to talk a little more about where this is going later uh, in the program. Yeah. But what I want to share with you right now is, is that there's some dangers because when you're able to do this, you're able to cause humans to elicit certain responses.
1: Hmm.
2: You know, imagine a a virus uh, getting into a robot and causing it to give you angry expressions. That could Mm -hmm. cause uh, an anarchy to break out, right?
1: Right, right.
2: (laughs) So we'll definitely keep an eye, but there's going to be some challenges. We'll talk more about that. So another thing in the news, uh, MIT uh, came up with a slender robotic finger that's able to sense buried items. So being able to find things alone is not easy. But how about trying to sift through massive amounts of dirt and fine sand to find very small miniature objects and maybe even someday disarm a landmine and maybe even inspect cables. That means that this, the dexterity, um, Marcus, has to be really to the nines. yeah. And um, they are using a very, um, I wanna say powerful, but a very creative type of technology with their sharp tipped robot finger with a very sensitive tactile mechanism to meet the challenges of these buried objects. Imagine a robot being able to just take its hand and stick down into a box or whether it's peanuts or whether it's sand, or it has to just go down very gently and be able to just see if there's a wire there and not break the wire.
1: Oh, that's incredible. Uh, Now, that that could be very useful uh, in a lot of instances.
2: I hear you. And something else they're hoping it's going to do someday is to be able to perform various subterranean duties, such as finding buried cable and, like I said, disarming buried bombs. Yeah,
1: I I can name a a lot of... uh, instances where this would be very handy you know there's a lot of uh buried bombs over in kuwait yet you know um you know Mm -hmm. a lot of world war ii uh stuff that's still being uncovered and um being you know uh, set off like you know um kids are just walking over this stuff and you know and dying uh so this is uh, you know definitely revolutionary
2: it's one thing marcus you know when someone dies but it's another thing if a robot dies and the robot doesn't die, it doesn't really give its life. I mean, you can always fix a robot. Right. You can't bring a human back to life. And so what makes this uh, technology very impressive and interesting is the researchers use this tactile sensor. They call it a gel site. So this unique sensor, it's basically put together with a clear gel covered with a reflective membrane that uh, deforms when objects press against it very similar to our human fingers. When we press down on something, we get the feeling in the tips of our hands. Right. It's being able to sense. So if you were able to pick up something, it just, you know, if you take your fingers and you touch very lightly, you could barely feel they're being touched, but you can tell it's that intelligent. Hmm. This, um, Robot has uh, basically the ability with this gel in the membrane um, to do some amazing things. And uh, what we're also seeing is that there's a camera that collects the membrane's pattern of reflection. Mm. So that's very interesting. So not only are we talking about just something that can... Tell dexterity and the level of touch, and they'll call pressure. Okay. Yeah. But it has a camera that's able to constantly keep readjusting and, and sensing how close something is based on the reflection. That's just wild. That,
1: that's definitely wild. That's beyond like uh, the proven sticks they gave us in the military. <laughs> <So>.
2: <laughs> and it's. Uh, It's really going to be something interesting. And so they're going to be able to do all these great things. And, um, you know, the one thing they did, which is interesting, is that they changed the shape now uh, to be the slender cylinder with a bevel tip. And uh, they basically dug about two thirds of LED lights using a combination of blue LEDs and colored fluorescent paint. And I want to quote that saved a lot of complexity and space, says Ouyang. So it's amazing what they're doing in saving space and how they're uh, maximizing their resources. And I want to make another quote. We wanted to see how mechanical vibrations aid in digging deeper and getting through jams, says Patel. So they ran a vibrating motor at different operating voltages and it changed the amplitude and the frequency of the vibrations. Then they then found that rapid vibrations helped fluidize the media, clearing jams and allowing for deeper burrowing. Hmm. So not only are we building a robot, but we're building a machine that's able to dig very, very carefully. Yeah. And without getting stuck on a lot of the um, pit stops that humans might get caught on. Exactly. Not to mention the fact that if the robot blows up, we can just build another robot. Now, that might be a few million dollars or $100 million or whatever it is, but it's not a life.
1: No, it's not.
2: So no. I'm going to be very interested to see where this is going. And, um, you know, some of this research, just to let you know. As was actually funded by the Toyota Research Institute through the Toyota CSAIL Joint Research Center and the Office of Naval Research and the Norwegian Research Council. You know, the Navy was in there somewhere.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, that (laughs) totally makes sense. So
2: uh, yeah, they, they, they dive deeper than
1: anyone. So so I mean, being
2: able to disarm a robot, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, having a robot disarm a bomb, I mean, I mean, that is just, yeah, that's just, you've got to be so precise. Yeah. And then a, a mine, I bet you not only do they have cameras, but they might even have infrared. They're not sharing that with us, but I'm sure they have infrared devices and, and things that can see through. So I bet you it's not just going to be touch. But I think the Navy and the Army, they haven't told us this yet, probably have devices that are going to be even 100 times better than that green vision we see on TV. That's so behind the times. Everybody thinks it's oh, so yeah. great. They don't even use green light anymore in the Navy. No, no. I but they're, we're basically terrible. about 10 years behind what the Navy actually shares. Look at GPS technology, right? Yeah. Now we can get down to within a few feet. Well, they always could get down to a few feet 10, 15 years ago. Right. And we start sharing that with us. Now they can get down even more specific to like within microns. So technology as it becomes less useful to the military, uh, then gets pawned off to us because it's no longer a, a threat <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they don't feel that it's a big, um, advantage. It's probably the best thing I, I would say there. So uh, I'm really interested in what's going on here. But I I have to tell you, we'll we'll definitely keep an eye on it and and see where it's going. Uh, Speaking about where things are going, uh, a lot of kids now are getting ready to go to college. And, you know, the biggest challenge, Marcus, is that a lot of these students that are going to college don't get in. You know why they don't get in? It's because they're not telling their own story. Hmm. They're actually telling their parents' story. Their parents wrote the essay, not them. No. (laughs) And um, learning about this from Sarah uh, Harbison, who is my next guest, she is known as America's college counselor. She is a nationally recognized authority on elite college admissions with the philosophy that every kid applying to college deserves the best advice. Her groundbreaking free website, Admissions Revolution, gives all students the key information they need to realize their college dreams. And she also wrote the book Soundbite, which is really the hidden secret that gets your kid into college. But the truth of the matter is, Marcus, if the parents would just pull back and let the kid write their own essay, if they want to proof it, you know, for grammar or for... You know, spelling, that's fine. But they can't transpose the words and they can't paraphrase things and rewrite things and yeah. bring new concepts in. Because then, when the student gets in front of the admissions council, like Sarah, and she was involved in this many years ago when I was reading, you cannot be expected to get into college because the story you're telling. Does it match what's on paper? Now with their interview saying, gee, well, why did you get involved in drama? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) You you don't match. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think uh, you and I are going to really enjoy this next guest. Please help me welcome world-known Sarah Harbison, again, America's college counselor and the author of Soundbite right here tonight to the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. How about in terms of tests? I know when I went to school and being an engineer, everyone had the emphasis on the SATs. So how is that weighing right now? I've heard that it's kind of dropped a little bit. It's important, but it's not as important as when I went to college. Is that true?
0: It is true for, you know, one of the big reasons is the pandemic. So last spring, When most high school juniors take the SAT or ACT for the first time, most of them got canceled for a very long period of time. Now, there are some regions of the country where the SAT and ACT are a lot more available, but what we're seeing is those colleges that adopted a test optional policy last year for the current high school seniors, many of them have already extended that for the current junior class and sometimes even beyond that. And so a lot of people are saying, why are they extending it? Well, part of it is that they want to be as accommodating as possible or do, as possible during the pandemic. But the other part of it is they're seeing a very different applicant pool being test optional. Some colleges are experiencing double digit percentage increases. In fact, Colgate University, great college in northern or upstate New York, received um, an applicant pool that was over 100% higher this year than it was last year. And a lot has to do with being adopting a test optional policy, at least for last year. So these co- some of these colleges are seeing huge application increases, which is what they want. They're seeing a much more diverse applicant pool, more students of color, more first-generation American students, more rural students applying to those colleges. And so these colleges are going, hey, this test optional policy isn't so bad. And so we'll have to wait and see, but probably these colleges need to have at least another year or two of data to see what effect that test optional policy had on their applicant pool, their enrolled student body, and their data points.
2: Well, if you have somebody going to college, I definitely would tell you to get her book. I mean, I don't even think there's a question. Uh, She's a very knowledgeable lady, very nice lady. And just her tips, and I love the way, you know, she talks about a soundbite. You know, it's just a very personal thing. It's not a hard concept to understand. It's like every student has one, and their essays got to match it. What did you think about that, Marcus
1: yeah she she really gave the the insight about it. she she demonstrated her very own experience that she she personally went through and, and saw mm-hmm. this thing firsthand. and and now she's passing along the information needed for uh, students to really develop their voice.
2: And when our um show is transcribed and on our site, you will see a link of where you can get that great book. It's a Nice thing to get if you need a stocking stuffer for the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or it might be a great birthday present. Uh also might be a nice graduation early, gift. uh graduation yeah. gift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or a good summer uh uh book to read, maybe in between going uh in the pool and getting a suntan or going on the beach. It might be a great thing. Hey, have about for Memorial Day, you know? it would be a oh, yeah, great, be great thing to just go go pick it up. Uh you could just buy it online too, and uh You know, you can get it and um, you'll be able to listen to it. So definitely a good book. So, Sarah, I definitely want to thank you for the opportunity uh, to come on our show and share uh, some amazing information. Really enjoyed uh, the chat with you. Well, we've talked about advertising before, Marcus. Yeah. And you asked me a question and I kind of delayed it. Because yeah. I was coming back to it. XR advertising could become a real consumer threat. Now, that's no yeah. malarkey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's if it's left unchecked. So, what am I talking about, Marcus? Well, we know that they're learning more information about us, right? Right. And so, everything goes up in the cloud. So, whether you're a lady and you're, um, you know, uh, buying some. Uh, lingerie or uh you're a gentleman buying um you know some type of uh uh, let's let's say um you know deodorant or something like that or maybe you're buying a piece of furniture or maybe you're just treating yourself to a vitamin water or a can or bottle of coke and even though you did it contactlessly um your information is still being stored somewhere yeah And uh, these different products, okay, um, are being purchased by you, but businesses are using a new type of technology called XR technology, extended reality.
1: Hmm.
2: And they're using this extended reality technology as a way now to get you to buy more or to get you to buy that product. So we all know what, Virtual reality, this is we talked about that before, and we talked about augmented reality. But when we mix augmented and virtual reality together, wow, that's dangerous. That's extended reality. That's like life. And they're saying this is going to mushroom, Marcus. It's expected to grow somewhere in the coming years around $10
1: Yeah, to almost sixty-two billion and then, and, in twenty twenty-seven. Well, that's that's crazy. Yeah, twenty twenty-seven.
2: And then in six in 2027, 62 billion by twenty twenty-seven. Yeah. So we went from eight billion, uh, right around twenty twenty, and we kind of went up the the chain already. So you know, uh, they're saying by twenty twenty-four we'll be at a hundred billion. This is according to the uh, some grand research that was done. So, you know. I think it's going to be a problem because, you know, we're really going to be afraid of one thing, Marcus. It's not the technology, okay? It's how it's going to, I don't know, steer people in the wrong direction. A lot of bad actors are going yeah. to lure people into their traps to get them to buy things without people's knowledge and become almost like addicted or a craving to something. hmm and again, itself is not a detriment to your body or your health. But if we're not vigilant and these bad actors are out there yeah, and they use this XR technology, they could harm our customers. And I want to make a quote here. And I quote, a key aspect here is that augmented and extended reality technologies are inherently designed to alter reality. And this potential could be exploited to deceive and manipulate, that's the word, manipulate customers. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We wanna make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your
1: sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org.
2: HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention.
1: PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease.
2: This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County.
1: Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org.
2: Who wants to be manipulated? Do you? I don't. Oh, no. No, no. I'm not for one. No. <laughs> I, I don't want to get real. 90% off or even get 10% off or get the product for free if you're going to try to manipulate me to buy something. Yeah. notes. Yeah, yeah. But that's, but that's the problem. So what we're learning is that by people buying different products and services, we're learning a lot about their personal life, their Mm. likes, their dislikes, things that maybe they may not want to share with the rest of the world. Right. And now it's being sold as a commodity to people so now they can market to you and get you to buy on an impulse. Mm. And we're talking about things, Marcus. Again, we are a G show, but we're talking about things that range from everyday items all the way up to things that might be considered adult-related. Oh wow! And they're going to exploit this quite a bit. Um, you know, they're saying that uh, disclosures need to really be put on things in certain areas because we're not just talking about things like uh, video content. We're talking about things like cigarettes and vaping products. Oh, yeah. So this is really serious. And, you know, uh, I'm not sure if you know this. I also have my degree uh, in hypnosis. And when you change the mind, Marcus, okay, your brain doesn't even know why it's happening, but it just does something. Yeah. And I have to tell you something. If you don't want to do something, Okay, and you're led to do something, you know, it's sometimes very hard to break that habit. We've all heard of addicts that they might be addicted to alcohol or drugs, unfortunately. They're addicted, but they can't stop. They know it's bad, but they can't stop. So imagine this, Marcus, your brain is running over 90, 95% of your body. Yeah. Yeah. And you know yourself, if you were to exercise, right, for 30 days, on the 31st day, you just naturally want to exercise, right? 30 okay. second, yeah, yeah, up to 50. And then if you miss it, it's like, oh, my gosh, you feel like you did something terrible, like you have to do it right away. If you break one or two days and you break the pattern, finally, then you get out of it. But I think the big moral of the story is that when you create a habit in your brain and you do it intentionally, that's fine. But when other people create a habit in your brain, that's detrimental and that's manipulative. And that's what I think we need to be afraid of. I'm not a big person that watches TV anyway. (laughs) And it's not just going to be on TV, though. You could be going to – I don't drink Coca-Cola either. But (laughs) you you go to your your vitamin water dispenser or what have you, and suddenly there might be something very attractive – curious to you because now let's say your phone got close to that machine. It may now suddenly learn that it's you. And now I know you like race cars. Well, I'm going to have a bottle of Coke getting in a race car, popping in really cool. Hmm. Maybe you're a teenager and at the age where the ladies are catching your eyes. So maybe I'm going to exploit that in a certain way. And now you suddenly want to buy this Coke or whatever it is because you're going to feel good. But the problem I have, Marcus, is if you only had $10 and these teens had $10 in their wallet and they had to make a decision on how to budget that money. And now they really can't make the choice because they're getting manipulated to buy some crap, excuse the expression, because they really should have bought dinner, but they bought something else which just kind of called out to them. They didn't know why it called out to them. So this is what this XR technology is going to do. It's going to cause some problems.
1: Yeah, it's going to cause some problems, and it's going to result in a lot of financial loss, um, along with um, some very much needed therapy.
2: Exactly, and I'm going to make another quote. First, before I take the quote, I want to tell you that more research is going to be needed by many marketing, many advertising companies, consumer companies, uh, because they said they can't really attribute anything to it. Of course they can. As soon as we have a lawsuit, you watch how fast they'll attribute things to it. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah,
1: they're going to be begging the uh, lawmakers to, to put something in place to, to protect the consumer.
2: And I quote now, I think we need a broader public debate and policy discussion about what kinds of, listen to this, manipulation of people's reality are acceptable and whether and how XR experiences should come with disclosures about how they affect reality. Hey, didn't I just say something like that was going to happen? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you're you're a mind reader, John. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's similar to like the food nutrition labels or the warnings, right? So yeah. now you're you're suddenly in this this movie theater, and they have a warning before you go in the door. Warning: This uh, theater uses XR advertising, and you may be led to purchase things that you might not have a direct need or want for you enter at your own risk yeah i don't know that it's walking door. and now suddenly you find yourself buying all this extra stuff because they said a long time ago marcus that subliminal advertising doesn't work i gotta be honest with you they're lying it does yeah it it does (laughs) it works yeah i can tell you how many
1: times i have been sitting sitting down watching a basketball game and all of a sudden had a urge to go out to the store (laughs) and what you want to (laughs) buy well you know um it it was a dog beverage i can tell you that much okay okay
2: okay (laughs) but yeah it's like you know you hear the pop you see so the senses right and so now it's like it's like built in your brain it's almost like every time you watch that basketball game if I just say the basketball game, you suddenly think about that adult beverage, Exactly. right? It's kind of like a Pavlov and the dog. You remember, for those of you who don't know that, I'm not going to go into a long thing, but there's a dog and Pavlov, and basically what happens is the dog's there and there's a bell, okay? And uh, the dog's basically going to eat, salivates, rings the bell, dog eats again, Drink, salivates, rings the bell again. Does this a few more times. After a while, just rings the bell. The dog still keeps salivating. You see, your pattern is going to steep repeating as long as there's enough of an emotional charge to hold it. Eventually, Marcus, if you stop watching that basketball game or if you watch that basketball game and now suddenly, I don't know, they have how nice it would be to take a trip to Aruba. Yeah. You're going to be thinking about going to Aruba, but it's going to have a different effect to you than the adult beverage. Right. I think it's because the adult beverage is something you could go get now. The trip to Aruba is something you know you got to do some steps. So there's a little more of of a safety net there. I always say to people, you know, wishing to make something true won't let it happen. If it did, we'd all be in a lot of trouble. We would have a million elephants in our (laughs) living room. I'm sure you've wished for an animal to be in your house at one point in time. And thank God it didn't work because otherwise that animal would just appear. When you put inspired thought into something, what it does is it opens your reticular activating system. And you are suddenly focused on how to do that that's why when we teach people how to make money and we say to them look you're already a millionaire you're already wealthy your brain and your body are looking for ways to prove to you that that's true yeah but if you're saying oh gee I don't have any money well then okay we'll keep showing that to you we'll keep showing you bill we'll keep showing you this we'll keep we'll keep doing what you need but if you look at it from the other perspective, you shifted it now your brain is like it's like this constant search engine it's like okay i got to find something and remember it's working for you but you're working against yourself you're kicking yourself in the foot so when you watch these commercials and you see something the first thing you need to do if you see this you can say to yourself okay that's a beverage i'm not i'm not interested in having that right now i don't want that and you just that's it You have to just take control of it. And when you've done that, the next time it comes on, it's not going to seem so appealing to you. But that's what movie theaters do, right, when they start the movie? Yeah, they do. Whoa! (laughs) Ah, this is a great time to visit the concession stand. Now, that doesn't get it, but then they show you the popcorn. And then they (laughs) do this. And you know what some theaters do? You smell the popcorn. Yeah, they blow that that fan. (laughs) (laughs) They pipe in, I know, a casino that spends millions of dollars to pipe in a certain type of uh, smell, and it's from the Indian tribe. And this this is almost, I don't want to call it a drug because it's not a drug, but it has a way of relaxing you.
1: Yeah, it does. And
2: they say that's legal. I'm missing something here, Mark.
1: Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I am too. So I, I, I don't know. And I, and I, I used to have a gambling addiction. I, I admit that. And you know, and you know, and I remember the smells and the lights and and the sounds and, and it's all intentional. So I, I, I it, come to find that out. And it's all intentional. I mean, they, yeah. they
2: could put in bubble gum. They could put every flavor you want. But they always have that like smell. And I, it's like I miss. Yeah, it's very calming over here by the floor. And if you notice, I'm not a gambler. When I went there, you know, you get a, you get a beverage. But they would only bring you the beverage yeah. if you were at the machine and gambling. <laughs> so if I ordered this stack or whatever I ordered, and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And they take forever to bring I think they do that on purpose.
1: <laughs> and it's like,
2: and I'm like, where's my, drink? where's my drink? And the minute you get up, they don't bring it to you. You have to be sitting at the machine, so that's a perfect example, Marcus, of how XR technologies are already in play. Yeah, I mean, we hear it um, in music, right? Right. Uh, maybe you go to the car wash, and maybe there's a lady, there's a gentleman, and maybe they're a silhouette, or maybe they're um, a cutout. And they have this great big thing of how, you know, your car is going to look so amazing when uh, you have this this uh, wax or they have an audio recording saying you're going to look studly when you get your car waxed with such and such. It's all a mirage. But what it does is it confuses the brain and the brain doesn't know what's real and what's not. Mm-hmm. so as much as they say subliminal advertising doesn't work it works yeah i just think they don't want to get sued so they just said it what they said it was inconclusive i always <laughs> love when they do that Marcus. it's yeah. inconclusive
1: <laughs> yeah that's a bunch of baloney <laughs> so we yeah yeah, yeah man uh you're, you're spot on john and you know you really provided <laughs> a lot of value here tonight and you know really helping hopefully helping a lot of people you know uh Get off the couch and, uh, you know, get something different (laughs) than a drink.
2: (laughs) Yeah, have some water. You know, I drink 72 (laughs) ounces of RO water, and I got to tell you, it is the best thing. Anyway, we have one more important um, story I'd like to share with you. Now, whether you've gotten vaccinated or not, that's not what I'm going to go into today. That's your business. I hope you've made the decision to do it, but that's up to you. The challenge now is how do we know who's vaccinated and who's not vaccinated with the laws changing they're going to be fines issued someday Marcus for people that aren't vaccinated and are acting as if they are vaccinated. Yeah. So how do you how do you stay on top of this? I mean this is going to be like a mess I would say. Well, guess what they came out with?
1: Oh, what's that, John?
2: Digital vaccine passport.
1: Oh man. Um you know this they you know someone said that this may come and here we are. Uh, this I'm I find this very surprising.
2: I predicted this was going to happen. Now, it's free. The site and I did the checking so that it is completely legitimate cuz don't just do this if you don't know who they are. One of the very first companies was called Go Get Vax. Now go get vax is uh helping customers like uh Lowe's, Pods, uh Adek, Texas, and many others. But they were first a site that was helping people, Marcus, to get on the list to be vaccinated. Hmm. Pretty neat, pretty neat. Mm-hmm. But now they have started va- that they, they call it Vax Yes. So if you go to GoGetVax.com, com, um Forward slash Vax Yes, you're going to be greeted with a website and it's going to say, Get your free, secure, verified vaccine passport on your phone. So all you do is you enter your uh, mobile phone number and then you create your free Vax card by clicking Create My Free Vax Yes card. It was endorsed by Fox, ABC, NBC, the Dallas Morning News. Yahoo Finance. So you obviously know they're they're not a slouch. And uh, they do have uh, an SSL, EVSSL certificate. Uh, They got it by Let's Encrypt, which I thought was kind of interesting. I would have thought a company like that would actually spend the buck. So that's the only thing I didn't like is that they got a free certificate. Let's Encrypt is free. Um, This company, it is HIPAA-compliant, secure, and all that good stuff. But that was the one thing I didn't like is that they had a free uh, EVSSL. Anyway, yeah. I uh, did this a little while ago. I put my phone number in. They sent me a message on my phone. Um, they basically asked me my first name. Then I responded. They asked me my last name. After they asked me my last name, the next thing they asked me was my date of birth. After they asked me that, uh, they asked me um, what was the date date of my first vaccine dosage. I put the date in month, day, year with parentheses, uh, with the slashes you hit. And it comes back within like less than a minute. comes back and hmm. says, thank you. Um, what is the lot number of your vaccine? Which is actually written. Most people know this on your fax card. It's written there right on the left. And you have to put that in there. Comes back, checks, it says, thank you comes back and it says, what was the date of your second one? If you didn't have one, then you just put XX. So now you've done all that. The next thing they ask you to do, after you've done those whole things, they ask you to take a picture of your VAX card and send it to them as a text attachment. Great. Next thing they ask you to do, they ask you to take a picture of your driver's license. Send it back. It'll give you a yes or no. It's verified. Then it tells you to wait. That you have passed first level verification. It's waiting for second level verification. And then, usually within 24 hours, they'll send you your digital Vax card, which you can add to your Apple wallet. Hmm. That's interesting. So, I encourage everyone to go to Vax. Go. It's called Go Get. It's G O Get. G E T Vax.com forward slash Vax. Yes. Uh, if you haven't gotten vaccinated, you could go to GoGetVax.com, and you can schedule to find where the closest place to get a vaccine is, and they'll notify you but put you on the waiting list. So I think that's going to be pretty amazing, and I think a lot of these companies are doing this. You know why, Marcus? Because this is a big challenge.
1: Yeah.
2: And being able to manage these records, this isn't easy. Oh, yeah. This is not I an know. easy thing. No. And there are companies out there trying to sell false vax records. Yeah. False vax records. So <laughs> I I don't know what to tell you, but great little site. Uh, you could do that. And, again, uh, don't just go doing this on sites that you don't know. But these, this site has been verified, and it's been featured on the news and lots of places. So it actually had its own press release that was sent out. And when they do a large press release like that, these press release companies – they won't send them out if they're fraudulent, like they're not going to send a press release out saying, oh, gee, we've got a site that's collecting your information. By the way, we're going to be selling it to the third countries. No, no. <laughs> it's not like the, the the letters with FB and then they ask you to upload your passport and your are not your thing. No, it's not like that. So some great information, ladies and gentlemen. And in case you were wondering, I don't know if you were or not, uh, we have another guest coming up next week. So next week, can you believe, Marcus, that we are in the first Friday of June?
1: Every time you say that, John, I can't believe it. It seems like we're going to the next, month
2: <laughs> the next episode. We have an amazing guest. Yeah. Okay? We always have amazing guests. Yeah, all the time. This gentleman is a musician. But his full-time job is he is a uh, UXI experience developer. So what does that mean in English? So he does the UI, the user experience. They call it UX, UXI. And so he goes through the process and the flow and how screens should look and not just function so that it has a little bit of both worlds. So very interesting. Uh, like I said, he is a musician. And uh, I think you're going to find him to be an interesting guest. And in case you're wondering, coming down in the month of June, um, We also have a school administrator coming Uh, sometime in the next few months. We have a school minister. He was waiting till school gets out before he comes on the air because he's been very, very busy. Um, We have another doctor coming to give us his thoughts about COVID and some of the truths and some of the I'll call it the fallacies. A little later in the month, we actually have uh, Sheila Mack. If you don't know Sheila Mack, she is an amazing lady. Uh, She's known. Quite a bit around the world. Uh, she's a serial entrepreneur like myself. She started, you know, uh, in business, and then she got into real estate, and she then later wound up buying the entire block, and now she has uh, quite a few gift stores. So um, very interesting people, you know, that, that we have on, and I, I think you're gonna, I think you're definitely gonna enjoy. Joy, her. Uh, I'm actually uh, a guest on her show as well. And then uh, toward the end of the month, we have Andre Ruiz, who is a coach. And he's going to give us a little spin on life and some tips. So I think you're going to find that interesting. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to go back, watch any of our show, just go to jmor.com. Under social, you can find any of our shows, not just this year, but any year. We have a uh, an archive. You can go back and find things. You can search things. You can check out our unboxings. You could check out our review channel. But you can also, if you have an idea for a show, click on the reach out button at the top right. Tell us a little about yourself or the idea for the show. Remember, this is not a place to pitch a product or service. I had another gentleman like that this week. And although he was a wonderful person, I said, um, I don't see any value for my audience. Oh, I sell this kind of machine. That's nice. But I'm not interested in my audience isn't interested in a sales pitch. I thank you for your time, though. And uh, but we're not interested. Or what I always tell them is, well, my production team has decided uh, that we're not a match. But thanks. You know, reach out to us again or we'll contact you again if there's an opening. And so, you know, that's really important. We strive very hard, Marcus, to bring value to our audience. And, you know, we really try to give them high quality. If you have an idea for an unboxing, go to our show too. And you can also, our site, and you can tell us about the product. You can donate to us, and we'll do an unboxing and a review. So lots of great stuff. And in the next 30 days, we're going to be automating that process. So if you're looking to become a guest on the show um you're going to be able to apply right through the website through a whole automated process making it really e- easy you'll actually uh go to a vetting interview with me after the vetting interview um you will then go to uh the next step after we verify your documents you'll get scheduled so first there'll be a pre step where you'll give us a pitch if we think you're interesting and we'd like to talk with you we'll invite you to a vetting interview if not we'll thank you for your time and say that um We're probably not interested in your pitch, but thank you. And then after the vetting, we will then give you the recording date. But the whole process is automated. So it's really easy, really simple. Even the media release is uh, automated. So we're trying to make this easy for people. Uh, But we do do these things, ladies and gentlemen, because we want to make sure that we're protected, you're protected, and when you're on air, we do need to have a media release. So that's really important. And, again, a shout-out to our friends at Princeton Community TV. Uh, We are on 3 p.m. every Sunday. Now, we're quite a few months behind on uh, their channel, but lots of great content there. And, again, a big shout-out to Princeton Community TV, all the professors, all the students. And, of course, if any of you students would like to get involved in uh, our video internship and media program, definitely reach out to me. We're building our internship program every single day, and we're creating some amazing experiences. And if you'd like to be part of this fun and not just learn media for the books, reach out to us. I think we're probably going to give you an experience that uh, is going to send you spinning in a real positive way. Well, Marcus, it is that time, unfortunately, to say goodbye, isn't it?
1: Unfortunately, so it we'll is. Wish
2: everyone, I hope everyone has a wonderful Memorial Day weekend, right? And a very safe one. Yeah. And <laughs> I guess we're going to see you guys all next week. And remember, masks are not required in some states. So have a great one, everyone. And we'll be back next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Jay Moore Weekly Technology Show, where we answer your questions about how technology is supposed to work, and sometimes, why you have challenges getting it to work that way. For more IT support and tips, just text IT support to 88811. That's IT support to 88811, and you'll get tips on technology. I'll see you next week, right here on the Jaymore Tech Talk Show. Remember JMOR.com.